Hey everybody, this is Friday afternoon. Our first guest is April. April is a wonderful CEO and founder of a wonderful organization. Um, we are starting our first week, our first day of our Nerdrill Inc. Fix Your Crown podcast with the um, podcast about mental health. And I want April to introduce herself. April is located here in San Diego, correct April? Yes, I am. <laughs> Um, well, um, my name is April Laster. I'm the CEO and founder of Open Heart Leaders, um, which is a the only African-American female-led organization that focuses on full mental health wraparound services and full educational wraparound services. And so that's what we do. That's who we are. Now, I've been introduced to April, and I loved what she's doing. Um, like she said, she is doing a lot for mental health. Um, what this campaign is breaking the cycle with mental health. April, can you tell us what type of um, services that your organization serves in your community? Yeah, so some of the services that we offer, um, when we say full mental health wraparound services, that looks like components that builds a whole person um, that may have been broken at different levels of their life. So that consists of the life coaching, which is the accountability piece. And that helps people kind of organize and manage and delegate tasks that are pertaining to their life goals. There's the mediation that occurs when like there are just interpersonal and external problems that may be with family members or other people in the community that needs to be addressed in order for a person to kind of move forward. There's the counseling aspect, um, which of course is self-explanatory. It's counseling. It's diving a little deeper into the emotional um, portions of a person's life. And then there's the resources. Resources are needed in order for a person to feel like they can manage, um, whether it's medical, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, babysitters, diapers, clothes, uh, hygiene, hygienal products, mm -hmm. anything like that. And so those are just some of the things we offer through the wraparound components. We also offer other things regarding the ways to bridge, bridge the communication gaps. So we do have a deaf community lead where we'll be getting ready to offer our American Sign Language courses for those who wish to pertain to learn American Sign Language at a basic level. Um, we are going to be offering our Spanish, beginner Spanish courses that for those who would need to know beginner Spanish. And we're also going to be offering English as a second language for our Spanish-speaking clients and participants who would like to learn basic English that can help them. Those three language courses will always be offered at OHL as they are bridge builders, um, as language can be a barrier. Maybe one day in the future we'll expand out to maybe our Mandarin and Cantonese and those other types of languages. But as far, those are the three main languages that um, courses that we offer. We also assist with naturalization help um, mm -hmm. for some of our clients who may not have their paperwork um, in order and need assistance in navigating that. We assist the, the houseless community with getting their paperwork together, whether it's medical insurance, um, housing, any type of thing like that, that they kind of need that direction in. And we do mentoring as well. Mm -hmm. um, our mentoring program is very special. I always get emotional sometimes talking about it 
because we take the kids that don't necessarily fit in other programs mm -hmm. and we address it from a social emotional standpoint um going through a lot of the different topics that are hard to discuss in church homes with parents schools and we break it down in such a unique way by incorporating activities fundraisers and other things um, that allows them to express themselves while gaining knowledge at the same time. That's a lot of work, Miss April, <laughs> and it's amazing. Miss April, why did you create your organization? Because ultimately, um, I needed to create something that I would have needed coming up. Mm -hmm. um, growing up in a single parent home and dealing with a parent that that experienced major trauma and never dealt with her trauma properly caused a lot of backlash and reactions into how I navigated and maneuvered through life as an adult, a young adult to an adult. And I just feel like, I felt like, what would it be if there was an organization or a center where people can come and get true accountability, healing and resources from people that look like them? Um, and, and really say, mean what they say when they say, we're here to help and we're going to make sure you get through this and not just be counted as a number and not just be factored in as a, you know, checkbox of the day. Um, and so that's where open heart leaders stem from and, and why it's leaders is because I believe truthfully and wholeheartedly when you allow somebody to heal from the inside out, you produce effective leadership and leaders into society and when you release someone healthy and healed and whole yes. they get an amazing person that'll show up in whatever arena they work in and they're going to be brilliant at what they do whether it's a car salesman to a baker to a stay-at-home mom to a, a yoga instructor to a you know what i mean any anybody there's no limitations on greatness and so that's just truly what I believe. And with the open heart leaders, you are just planting seeds. You are healing. What do you do for your own self-care? So recently, I, I'm a reader. I love to read books. Mm -hmm. um, that is one of the things that kind of grounds me. Um, and it keeps me in tune with other brilliant minds all across the nation and the world. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've been doing recently is I have been trying new recipes. Like, <laughs> so what I do is I'll pick a recipe offline and it looks like something is good and then I'll go buy all the ingredients and then I'll challenge myself to make it. The, the self-care component in that is I'm not a quitter and I don't give up on things. Um, and it also tests my ability to pay attention and be focused and just kind of be in tune with myself. And in the process, I usually get good eats after, you know, out of. <laughs> right. And then another thing, self-care, is I've been sleeping more. I've been challenging myself to go to bed at a certain time mm -hmm. and wake up at a certain time to see how my body reacts to um, more rest. Um, do I need to get at least six hours or no, I need a full eight or you know, and so that is another, even though it's everybody's like, well, sleep is normal. I'm like, some people don't sleep, mm -hmm. but it is a self-care um, tool for me. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. I said there, 
cooking is therapy and therapeutic. And my mom's like, well, what are you cooking today? It's so funny. I do. I find, I go on Google. I'm trying to do um, real healthy foods. And um, I was like, man, what if I do vegan foods for a bit? And then I started doing vegan foods. And my mom's like, okay, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> you, what else are you going to cook? And I was like, and it's not, not, it's getting out of hand. It's like, I cook a lot. And it's like, we don't have a big family. So it's just like, girl, I just oh, that, cook it away. <laughs> I a small, like, yes. I can't cook for one person. And I, it doesn't work for me. Mm-mm. I always end up either wasting food or throwing it away. I'm like, <laughs> I know I had to buy these special Tupperwares that you can keep for a certain time. I was like, okay, maybe I'll do, um, I want to start doing like going out and do it like a little garden. So I've been trying to see if I can do that. So just, you know, therapeutic things are just amazing, especially when you're doing such a large organization. Um, With the hope of heart and leaders, what motivates you to keep pushing and pushing this engine because this is a big engine. This organization is not small. It's big. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's planting seeds. It's loving on people. It's creating safe spaces. So how do you keep motivated? Oof. (laughs) Honestly, I'm going to say it is a little bit of spirituality like I'm grounded in my relationship with God Mm -hmm. Um, and then it is the clients like when Mm -hmm. I want to throw in the towel sometimes or I get discouraged a situation pops up and it's just a reminder of the why of like oh this is why Mm -hmm. I do this so what keeps me motivated is understanding that mental health is so rampant in marginalized and black communities Mm -hmm. and it's so much bigger than just open heart leaders and the vision of open heart leaders but if I could be the catalyst to open up that major door for people to have that light bulb moment like okay we've been going about this all wrong then that's what motivates me so if Mm -hmm. I have to be for lack of better terms the whistleblower Mm -hmm. I'm going to be that. And what type of, I know you do the self-care, but when you are working in the mental health and, you know, planting those seeds, do you ever have anxiety or have you ever suffered from depression? Yeah. So what happened was too, while I was in college, I actually had like a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot going on in my life and finally somebody was like I think you need to go talk to somebody and I was like mm, I don't know how I feel about that mm, you know in the black community I'm not going to be telling nobody my business but mm-hmm. I ended up biting a bullet through my job and they were like you know we have an EAP program and I was like oh employee assistance and they were like yeah and it allows you to get so many sessions from that we pay for. And mm-hmm. so I was telling them kind of what was happening and my HR person at work was like, sounds like you need to speak to someone like, you know, a counselor. So we found one in network and um, <clears throat> got with her and she was the first one to introduce me to medication based on what she diagnosed me with in there. And at first I was like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not finna, 
but it actually helped. Um, mm-hmm. It actually gave me a different point of view mm-hmm. of even myself. I saw a drastic change in my moods, my behavior, all of that. And I was like, well, how come nobody ever found mm-hmm. or noticed this before? Mm-hmm. She's like, it wasn't that no one ever didn't notice it or there. It would have it taken someone to be an advocate for you. Mm-hmm. Or to take action and say, like, no, something's wrong or something's off. And so I think that it's uh, in a matter of have I suffered from mental illness or mental? Yes. And I think that's what makes me such a lived experience person. I, I know what it looks like, not just from book knowledge, but I know what it looks like in the physical realm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that person is really going through something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you create a safe space for yourself? Since you've had, you know, you have that experience, how do you keep that safe space for yourself? I check in all the time with my accountability partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do what's called dumping. Like I don't, when I have so many clients or I have people talking to me or, you know, um, giving me information or doing that, I make sure that I release too. Of course, with someone who's in compliance with HIPAA and there, these are usually other therapists or people that have um, the background or means to handle the type of clientele or the type of situations that I'm speaking of. And mm-hmm. so the way I create a safe space for me is I, I truthfully, I guard my energy mm-hmm. and even though I work for a charitable public nonprofit, I don't allow everyone to have access to me. Mm. So that's how I create safe space. I like that. And what are the resources that, so we have a lot of listeners on listening to what you do in your community and how to create a safe space, but how can someone get in touch with your organization? How can they Making actually a few ways. So we're on like Instagram and Twitter um, at Open Heart Leaders on Instagram and at Open Heart Leaders on Facebook, the page there. On Twitter, it's just at Open Heart Leader because it doesn't allow the S. But um, <laughs> they can also go to our website, which is openheartleaders.org um, and reach out there. Um, based on we're constantly always looking for volunteers or interns that really want to be about this this life, this type of work. Um, it's a unique style um, that we have at Open Heart Leaders are not your traditional organization or company where it's like, come in and hi, and you're going to be, it's like, welcome to here. All right, we got to go out in the neighborhood because one of the kids is tripping. And it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, girl, grab your purse. We about to be out. Like, that's what my social work interns, they're like, we have gotten, like, true field experience working here. Right. Um, it's a learning environment. It's where a lot of interns come to get on-the-job training, OJT. Um, because if you're an accounting intern, you're not coming there to fax paperwork and do that. You're going to be working in my accounting department. Mm-hmm. Your HR intern, you're going to be dealing with my HR stuff within the company. Mm-hmm. Your social worker, you're going to be dealing with clients and resources and case management. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that is what's been so 
brilliant about the environment that we've created at Open Heart Leaders. April, what would you tell your, um, the listeners who are like teenagers and young adults who want to get into the mental health, um, you know, resources and getting out there, what advice would you give them if they wanted to start an organization? Because I know for me, I've been having my organization for a while. We're going on um, in October, 10 years. And the first what seven years I was like I always wanted to throw in the towel (laughs) I was like I'm tired I can't do this but like you said I kept saying you know it's for it's not me the organization is not about me it's about the people I'm helping the people who need the resources um how long have you had open heart leaders so officially as open heart leaders since 2015 here Uh uh-huh the vision, the concept, and the action behind Open Heart Educators stem from back in 03 when I was here in college. And so the legal entity and name name change here, Mm -hmm. 2015. But the vision has been since 03. So what advice would you give someone listening to keep going? Who... Um, stick to the why never never waver from the why even when other things may seem like they're bandwagon or cliche or Mm -hmm. something new is exciting stick to your why because your why is what initially is going to make the difference Mm -hmm. Um, another piece of advice is Never do anything that your heart doesn't comply with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how much money somebody places in front of you. If your heart is not content or settled with the action, then your moral compass is off. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel so like this ain't it. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty. I mean, people say it all the time. Look at how many actors and people like that. They got all the money they need. They're in movies. They're famous in there. And they go home and they sit in the, alone in the dark or they are broken or they're there. And it's because their why may have been in a different avenue. And they're just kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. of life. I think when you operate fully in your purpose, the why is going to always make sense, even when it doesn't make sense to everyone else. So my advice would be, Number one, stick to the why. Number two, make sure your heart is in it. And number three, everybody is not privy to your vision. You're mm-hmm. not obligated to tell everybody your vision and your goals because it may not be for them yet. It may be something for you internally that you just know you have to execute. Mm-hmm. So be mindful of who you share with because even though people may seem like they're rooting for you in your corner, those could be the very people that are jealous or they have no good intentions for your heart and your goals. So that's the advice that I would give someone who maybe want to start out or was already doing something, get back to the why. Well, I want to thank you, Miss April, for what you do with your organization. I've, I've never thought I would be interviewing someone who kind of does something that I 
do and look like me, it feels amazing to look at a face. We kind of got the same nose. I was like, oh, that's my sister. (laughs) I was so excited when I was introduced because it was just like, I'm not doing, um, we're not doing the same thing, but our heart is in the same realm with mental health. And it feels good to see a sister and it feels good to see someone who is doing the why. And I want to congratulate you on everything that you do. I'm proud of you. I, I pray for your organization that, you know, this year would be even bigger because we are needed in our community. Um, when I sent out the email about the Time magazine about uh, Black girls on how the rise of um, suicide is, and I thought, oh, this is the sound of the alarm. You can't, we can't do this by ourselves. This is, we have to come together and say, sis, what resource do you have that I don't have? Um, Let's partner up on a grant. Let's do this. Let's do that. Because, you know, everyone's all into politics and they need to do that. They need to do that. We don't need a famous person. That's, they don't, they don't come to our communities anyway. And that's why I said, you know what? Let me talk to some other sisters and see if they know any other organizations. And when your name came across, I was like, where's she been? We almost in the same neighborhood. Uh-huh. And then when you popped up on the Zoom, I said, oh, that's my sister. We've got the same nose. <laughs> it's it so hard to, when you're working, I tell people all the time, and they're like, well, how come we didn't know? And I said, mm-hmm. you know the worker bees because we never have time to really be online and on the internet. We We're working. Mm-hmm. Somebody always has camera time and you do that. I have to question their their work ethics. Like, mm, I don't really have time for all that. Right. Like, I really don't. And another thing regarding like the partnering and doing that, I've been doing my own kind of research in there. And what I've learned is there have been millions of dollars that have been pushed and flooded into specific areas to help combat black mental health and then it the money never goes to black mental health orgs or black mental health providers and i have a problem with that and then another big market that has been excluding black mental health specialists and and clinicians and psychologists and um all of that has been our insurance Mm -hmm. the insurance panels have been kind of blocking and putting that red tape. And it's almost as if we know what our people need to heal. We want to, we have people who are graduating with these elaborate degrees and these letters behind their name. They're available, but then they get blocked on the top end where it's, oh, we can't, you can't do that insurance because we already have enough clinicians in that area. And it's like, well, how many of them are black or brown? Right. Then no response is crickets. But then you can give a whole city you know, a, a certain amount, millions and millions of dollars. And then we watch the millions go to these top heavy white Caucasian or sometimes Hispanic or Asian orgs or orgs that are not people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they come into the community and want to give organizations like mine $50,000 to do. And it's like, no, I need the, the 5 million too, because that'll allow me to employ more counselors and get my staff in order and in place. So you want to give me 50,000, which is not even one person's salary. And you expect me to do the work that your top heavy org with 300 plus employees should be doing. 
I'm no longer doing that and I'm no longer accepting that. And so I am whistleblowing and I am tooting the horn and I'm going to bring awareness. And hopefully my goal is I've already secured the place. I'm going to be doing like a mass call to all black mental health specialists, Mm -hmm. clinicians, doctors in San Diego. I want to have a meeting and -hmm. I want to talk about what I've learned in my research over the last three years and in the data that I collected so that every one of us understands that it's not that you have to just start a private practice. It's, it's, you could have been with an agency that could have paid you your salary that you're worth, you know, um, for that. And then a lot of the clients that need our services can't get our services because we either can't take the insurance they have or we're not on the panels to take the insurance. So it's not, it's a blockage anywhere. But what if we had the funding where we don't care about your insurance? We don't even care if you can afford the counselor because regardless, they're going to still get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Think about how that will work. They don't want to see that happen though, because then that means you have too many healthy people and there's money in mental health. There's money in, uh, there's so many people not doing right. So they're Mm going to keep us at bay with that but not on my watch though like I'm gonna blow the horn and I'm gonna I'm go out and fight and that's why I wanted to do the mental health campaign because as soon as I seen the time magazine write that article the red flags went up I was like oh time to sign up sound the alarm I'm gonna I'm hey we gotta take charge it's time it's time it's so time because I was just talking to a colleague and we were talking about how um Black women are so underpaid for what we do in our communities. And it's time for us to stop letting the next sister keep, you know, going backwards. We need to start pushing each other up. And not everybody's going to be on board. And I understand that. But those who want to be on board, let's keep going. Let's keep doing it together. If you don't want to be on board, if you don't like my vision, that's fine. But God didn't call me to call everybody and say, hey, let's be on this, you know, Fix Your Crown podcast. Not everybody's going to sit here and talk about how we are going to create change for our community. And once again, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, one, and the one thing I want to let everybody know who's listening <coughs> to the podcast, Hope Heart Leaders, Um, is an organization that you can donate to. You can call, you can say, look, I want to donate to this organization because I heard about what you're doing. Um, Not, you know, spread the word. You can tag her on Instagram. You can follow on Facebook. Donations are always open. And do you take donations only by mail or how can they donate to you if they are listening to the podcast? Donate online. Um, if you go to the website and you click on the donate, mm-hmm. um, it allows you to enter in your card information there. If you want to mail a check, you can mail a check. Our physical location address is on there. Um, we have a PayPal. Some people prefer to do it that way. Um, pretty easy to access this um, in regards to donations. Sometimes I had one lady who actually just went into a Chase bank <laughs> because we bank with Chase. And was like, I want to put some money into this account for. And the lady was like, Oh, you want to make a donation to this nonprofit? And the lady's like, Yeah. And she did it. And so it's just, I would say the best way will be online. Make sure you get the receipt so that you can. We are a 501c3. We are tax 
exempt. So you would, um, you would get the receipt to cover for your taxes um, mm -hmm. and donating to a um, nonprofit public charitable org. And yeah, that's the way that you can. Well, everybody, this is April, and I just want to take the opportunity to once again congratulate her on her and everything she is doing with her organization. I'm happy to be another part, another piece of pushing and cheering her on. This is April from Hope Heart Leaders. Open, open heart. Open, open heart. Sorry, open heart leaders. <laughs> Here in San Diego, a new sister. I'm so happy. She is my sister, y'all, because we got the same nose. If y'all can see us talking, <laughs> we got the same nose. But thank you so much for being a part, everyone. Stay tuned for what she has going on. There's some new projects coming up, and I'm very excited to not only promote, but also celebrate. This is Dr. Tristica with Fix Your Crown Podcast.